I would. I was going to say new day, a new stream of thought, but I'm not going to say that. So here we are for episode <laughs> number 73 of Stream of Thought. And we start off today by uh, chatting. Victor has some confessions to make about oh, yeah. uh, a little mm, technical difficulties that we have been having. Over I over screwed again. up. But, uh, but then we kind of take, take a 90 degree turn and we go into story time. Yeah, but before story time, we talk about some of the auditions that I've been on. Oh, yeah. Three auditions in two days. I got another two coming up. We talk briefly on that. And then Rick tells a a developing story. Is it a good story? Is it a good story? I don't know. Okay, I know all the details. It is a phenomenal story so far. Well, don't oversell it. If it's not a good story, don't say it. Everything that's coming up, though, is is more vague, but it's like a fairy tale almost. But it's good. It's, it's enjoyable. Good. Okay. All right. As long as it's enjoyable. Yes. I wasn't the one listening to yeah. it, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. You're good. And then we uh, It could we have get- been better, but I think the next time you bring us up to speed, having done the story time one time, it'll be a little sharper. And if you get bored, you can always fast forward a little bit. But then we finish off by actually the most interesting thing was the sort of metaphysical, metaphysical yeah. philosophical conversation, theological brain thoughts, sociological. Yes. Really just it really was the definition of stream of thought. So make sure you listen to that if anything. So go to the very end and like the last <laughs> 15 minutes make sure you listen to. Yeah. So with that being said, episode number 73, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. Good to go? Good to go. Hope you've got some stuff today. Do you remember that time when you were recording and you were like, you can hear the printer in the background. Oh, Listen by the, the way. episode, and no, we can't hear the printer in the background. My mic actually is off. I don't know if it's still off. No, this is, okay. During so meals. I have, a, I have a confession to make. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. So. I'm, I'm very interested <laughs> to hear, hear what, where this is going. So, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, earlier during, I listened to Neil's episode, I think it was today, and I was laughing my ass off that we couldn't hear you uh, 100%. And, um, and karma's a bitch because everything comes full circle and we listened to something that we recorded the other night and my, uh, levels were off. So this is what I have concluded. It was an error that I made. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. So when we were recording, or prior to that, when Neil was on, I came to the studio last Sunday night, like late at night after I was done working, to record some music. Uh-huh. And instead of disconnecting your microphone, because I already had the phantom power on, I turned the gain all the way down. So when we met, I forgot. And so the gain was turned all the way down during your recording of Neil's episode. However, wait a minute. The universe came back and made me suffer as well because, listen, because during the conversation that we recorded, the ghost episode, which won't be made public in the near future, if at all, my levels were down because I used the XLR cable that has the letter G on it when we uh, were... Uh, oh, yeah. Straight up, you know, to stand for so guests. Just moved it over. When I plugged in Neil's microphone and his XLR cable, I had I had plugged his in to where mine normally is. So it went mine, 
Neil's and then yours. So his was plugged into the third plugin. Now, when we recorded last night, I forgot that. And so what I thought was Neil's microphone was actually my microphone, and that gain had been turned all the way down. So I thought, you know what? Rix wants to do the uh, the level checks and everything, and so I just said to myself, no, 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 we don't need to. Perhaps we do. <laughs> Perhaps we do. And... You're free to give me your two cents, and while you're doing that, I'm going to be listening, and I'm just going to verify again everything that's over here. What are your What are your thoughts on that? This is the song that never ends. <laughs> oh my goodness! Since episode number one, we're on episode what? Eighties or seventy? What episode are we on now? Seventy. This is seventy-three. Because we had the ghost episode, so yeah, this is seventy-three. We're counting the seventy-three. The song right. that never ends. That is. I mean, we're seventy-three episodes in, and we're still having fucking listen, sound listen, issues. Listen, How, listen, because Victor? I was sitting. Okay, look, I'm sitting right here, right, and I gave it a quick look, and when it, I tell you something's wrong, you're. Oh my. You know what? Goodness. It is a little easier to see from standing a little bit higher. Because okay, the knob is tricky. Okay, I, it doesn't. It <laughs> That's doesn't, what she. The marker. The knob is tricky. The little dash on the knob is the same color as the knob itself, unlike these other ones. So, it's just, it's, it's, uh, this is the ego protecting itself. Maybe that's why you haven't had a girlfriend in a no. while, because you don't know how to work the knobs, man. I can work knobs. <laughs> you don't need Apparently don't not. Knobs. Apparently not, because failure okay. sort of speaks for itself. So, that's so sad, because I really like Neil's, and I was listening, back, and the whole back. time, <laughs> the whole time, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Of course. And I've mentioned it how many times? Twice? Okay, but in my Twice. defense, in my defense, you There's were, no defense. Listen, There's no listen, defense. listen. You were a little lackadaisical with your, at one point, your head was all the way against the wall right there. But I'm sorry, it was my mistake. Trust me, I adjust accordingly, and I was noticing. I was getting like this, and still nothing was going up, and I was like, that's really odd. And nothing. Nothing. You should have done a better job bringing it to my attention. I brought it to your... I have brought it to your attention so many times. Sound checks, man. You're right, you're right. But, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, like, I'm just so used to it now. Yeah. It just is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, now that we uh, have that out of the way, that's okay. fun. What else you got? So, since our last episode, which I went on... So, I have five auditions in five days. Oh, my goodness. And I ha- I've already had three of them. So, I had one on Saturday. I, and this is... It's funny because between these five auditions... The, the, the titles of the five uh, films and, like, the addresses and who I'm talking to, like, I can't keep track of... I mean, I can keep track of it, but it's just, like, after a while, it's like, wait, who am I talking to? Where do I need to be? Which project is this for? When... Did, like, what? It was... I wasn't overwhelmed. I was just, like, trying to keep track of a few things. Yeah. And I kept over and over and over and over last night and again... This morning, I was like, okay, so this, I need to be at this address for this project for this character. 
and I would kept check over and over and over and over and over to make sure I wasn't screwing it up in my head. <laughs> you walk in and do the wrong character. You know? You'd do a Tide Pod commercial so for, on, uh, uh, for Grey's right. Anatomy or something so, like that. Yeah, because they're like, what, well, one of the questions the woman asked me this morning, she's like, yeah, so why is it that you're interested in the film that you want to do this? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> shit I, which I, film I is like, it? fuck, what's the premise for this film <laughs> again? I was like, uh, okay, I think I got it. But anyway, the audition that I went to on Saturday, Saturday morning... I got emailed today and was told, hey, we would love to offer you the role for this character. I'm like, great. This sounds really cool. And uh, it's nice because it's just going to be a one-night shoot. It's very short. So I'll be there on Wednesday and we'll pay for my train ticket and L and buy me oh, dinner. You know, really nice. So that's cool. All Something right. to put on the resume. Yeah. And it was for a character that I didn't, that I didn't intend on auditioning for. I read for one character, and then they asked me to read for this other character, and that's the one they offered me on on the spot. They're like, no, no, they told they they said we'll let you know by the end of the weekend, and this was yesterday morning. Oh, so they emailed me like sometime. So you are officially hired as a as a extra or as an actor or as a character? Like, is there? I don't know how the definitions work. This is for a. I think it's a supporting role. Supporting role. See, so you have in films. You have, I mean, extras, your people in the background. You know what I'm saying? Yes, correct. That don't have any lines. Yeah. And then you have, uh, like, a day player is somebody who is exactly what it sounds like. They're just there for the day. Maybe they have one line. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And then what you have are supporting roles, which are like the smaller roles. And then you have the lead, which is the, the story revolves around this character. You can have co-leads in a movie. Yeah, I've heard of that. Or you can have what's an ensemble where all the characters, for the most part, have proportionate screen time and play equal importance in the film. Okay. So I think this is for supporting, or this might be ensemble. I can't remember because I've been trying to keep track of five different things. But you are you are the up there in a level above what you've done so up to this point. Yes. Like this is your first legit. It's actual... a student film, but it's one level above that which I've been doing. Yes. Even though the extra thing was uh, Fox Television, you know what I'm saying? Like, just yes. because it's a student film, and I'll have a speaking role, and I'll have credit. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And. I'm sure that there will be some sort of video link. Yeah, though a copy of the reel that I can use. Um, and copy of the reel? Are they filming it on a actual? No, they no one uses that film anymore. They just still they still okay. use that copy of the reel. So That's I'll so have funny. a copy of my stuff, and then um, this morning. So this was the actual weekend that I was supposed to be shooting this other film that I was offered to do, and then last minute he said. Oh, because of issues with insurance, we can we have to postpone. We can't do it this weekend. I said, okay. Well, that was great because now I'm able to audition for three things. And I have this other project. I'm just waiting on them to tell me, hey, this is all straightened out. This is the, the shoot time. I was like, oh, well, this is cool because this is exactly how it works. You know, they joke around and say that it is a miracle when a film can get made. And just because all the hoops that it's got to go through yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. But just like I was planning on doing this this weekend, and at the drop of a hat, something changed, and like all of a sudden a new opportunity came up to do auditions. Yes. The same thing happens in the real, you know, quote unquote, major leagues in Hollywood where you're set to do a film. 
someone else offers you a role, you can't do that role because you're doing this film, that film gets postponed or deli- or whatever, and then now you have time to do the other film that you originally o- that you were offered but couldn't do. And um, so I did. That, that seems rare that that would be open if you turned them down one time. I didn't Why turn would... anyone down. Oh, but I thought you said you oh, were doing Oh, they still want film. you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's not, it's not like it. no one takes it personally. It's like if Except I'm for Harvey Weinstein. Doing, yeah. <laughs> I'm already doing this, so I can't do that. But anyway, so I auditioned. So the positive things that came out of this film being postponed, I auditioned for another film and got offered that role. And then I went – and then because of that, because someone asked me like, hey, do you want to audition on Sunday? And I said to them, I can't audition on Sunday. I'm going to be booked all weekend. Um, can we do it sometime during the week? Yeah, we'll figure – I'm communicating with them. And then it's like, oh, by the way, this film has been postponed. I can audition this weekend. Anyway, I was offered like a 2.30 time slot, which I couldn't do, I think. And then – be- and then I was like, oh, I can. I'm like, okay, we'll come at 5 o'clock, mm. which kind of sucked because I had another audition this morning that was at 10.30. Audition at 10.30, and you're in the room for five minutes. Do nothing for about six hours downtown. Oh, my goodness. Just waiting around for my second audition, of some, a, a second audition of the day for something completely separate, and I'm in there for five minutes, and then I leave. <laughs> so, but you have to wait six hours. Yeah, so I had – I was debating on driving or taking the train, and I drove because the train would have been just a disaster in terms of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I don't really know where to park. So I parked near Second City for free because it was free parking. I had plenty of time, so I walked from Second City to the first location, which was about a 50-minute walk, which is fine. It was enjoyable. Early in the morning, okay. I was yeah. listening to the podcast episode that this we morning? did before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an enjoyable it was great, walk. It was a great morning. Yeah. I get done and I walk back to Second City, another 45, 50 minute walk, which was fine. I was listening to another podcast and I get to Second City and I like, I found some stuff to fill my time. I got lunch and then I was like, shit, I do not want to walk back south because I would have to walk an hour and 10 minutes south. It's an extra 20 minutes of walking yeah, for the first time. That's... And I was like, wait a minute. I'll just drive and find a spot to park. That way when I leave, I just hop in my car and go because I know there's metered parking down there. Mm-hmm. And it's Sunday, so you could totally find a spot to park. So I drove down there, and I was, and as I'm driving down, I get to the parking spot, and I'm like, oh, shit. My audition's at 5, not 4. Because I thought to myself, well, I can sit in the car for an hour and read. So I get there at three. So for two hours, I'm <laughs> sitting in my car, reading a book, looking at memes, reading a book, looking at memes, reading a book, looking at memes. <laughs> what? Uh, then, what uh, wait, what type of book? I have to ask. Uh, it, it's called the. I have it on my phone. Uh, the Wizard's Way, I think. Deepak Chopra. What? What type of book is it? It's like a spiritual, like. Um, self-help uh the wizard's philosophical way. genre that sounds very mystical it's super great the wizard's way actually have you learned the, any wizarding skills? one of the chapters has nothing to do with being a wizard <laughs> one of the chapters that i read made me think of you but i can't remember why now um it's because i'm great it was the cause and effect chapter that i read anyway <laughs> three down two to go two more to go and and that is going to be tomorrow and tuesday no, I don't have any tomorrow. On Tuesday, 
I have an audition with a casting company that my agent had emailed me and was like, hey, guys, it sent out a blast email to all the clients like, hey, Simon Casting is holding general auditions, so like you just audition there, and if they happen to have something they can throw you in, they'll do it. It's not for anything, for anything specific. There's six time slots, and I emailed her like 40 minutes after she sent me the email. And I was hoping I could get a time slot, which I did, because six time slots amongst how many clients she has, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, nice. Got that. Wait, uh, so tell me about this agent person. Susie? You, yeah. Well, you. I don't think you really talk too much about how you actually – is she representing you now? Yeah. Officially, like so, you sign paperwork. Like, so here's the thing with that. Tell me, it's about non-exclusive, it. which means I don't have to sign any contracts saying that I'm with this group. But in the event that I have a contract that um, that I need her to look at, if I'm being paid thousands of dollars, and if it's a commercial that that how many times it runs and all this logistics, I can give it to her, and she'll look it over and make sure everything's squared away. And when I get paid, she'll get paid, you know, a percentage of what I get paid for having looking that over. And the same thing, too, something pops up that she sees that I could be good for or just a general audition. So she'll email me like, hey, uh, this casting company is looking for someone with your look. Uh, are you available on this day for an audition? And I'll go to that. Other agencies are exclusive in which you because if I wanted to, I could go I can have another agency work on my behalf because it's not exclusive but some I know like Lily's is one where they're exclusive so my buddy John is with them who was a classmate of mine in the acting lab and he signed a contract with them so for two years anything that he does has to go through them interesting so does that be represented what what's his what's his feedback is it like does it feel excited about restrictive or well here there's pros and cons I mean you want you don't want to be stuck in a contract with a with an agency that doesn't give you any work or auditions. You know what I'm saying? So basically, if you're in, but it, but it's but it's nice because they don't want anyone to take you. So yeah, that's but cool if you're not too. getting anything, that's true. Then it's like it's just kind of defeats the purpose. I'm also speaking on only what I know. It's not like and it's not like I know every detail. Well, it there feels like it's a pretty. I don't want to say shady business, but it's a relatively opaque business in that reputations aren't out there in the open the same way that, like, there's not necessarily, I don't think that there's necessarily Yelp reviews for agencies, are there? Yeah, there are. In a way that you can actually, nowadays, you can sort of get the vibe as to if you sign with them, you'll be likely to get work versus not get work or things things like that, or is that just... There's... I mean, keep in mind, too, yeah, there's reviews that you can read about. Okay. But keep in mind, too, the people who have negative things to say are always louder, and there's more of that than the positive things. And you don't know, maybe this person is an idiot, and... Well, and that's the thing, that whereas with Yelp, you have, like, 10,000 people, and that's a pretty good sample size, For whereas something like this, I don't know, maybe you guys only have five or six reviews. Right. And it's like... You, I mean, it could, you could easily get five disgruntled people to write something negative, right. or you could pay five people to write something really positive. It also has to do with your look. Someone who, you know, a uh, blonde female is going to have a lot more competition than somebody who has a more unique Have you applied look. for blonde female? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so that's number four for the week is on Tuesday. And then the fifth audition is on 
I don't know, dude. I don't fucking know. I can't remember. Man, it's just coming. <laughs> it's just coming at you. Uh, oh, the fifth audition is on Saturday. Well, good. Yeah, and they were talking to me at one of them like, like, hey, so callbacks are on this day, and this is the schedule for the rehearsal, and this is the schedule for the shoot dates. Are you good? And I'm like, uh, well, I might be working on Wednesday. What what's the time frame? We can meet in the afternoon. What about Saturday? I'm thinking I'm going to audition, but if you're if I'm going to be picked, I'd drop the audition and film this. Okay, it'd be late. And so I'm like, I'm like being my own manager and agent almost right now because these are lower level things in the yes. grand scheme of things. But it's just like all the stuff you got to keep track of, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. You you need you need the experience that the yeah. multifaceted yes. experience where you are all these little pieces moving. Like yes, this day would work, but for this day to work. You know, these things, there's these other options, there's things that are up in the air, multiple things in the air that would make these days that would or would not make them work. Yes. And then they're talking about shooting during the the time that I have blocked off to go to California. So I'm like, fuck, now I'm going to have to, I'll potentially have to postpone my trip to L.A. for a few days. So I'm just like, (laughs) ah. This is too much, man. But it sounds like it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good for sure. My mind has been going a lot these past couple of days, and so in in my head, I was like, there's an epic narrative that's being told in my mind, if that makes sense. It would go something like, there once was a beggar king in a land, <laughs> in a land vast and expansive. It, it, was a, it was a rough land. Folks were cruel and mean to each other, treachery and betrayal all around. But this man went on his way proclaiming all of his good deeds righteousness <laughs> did you write this in your notes is this the beginning I'm of just, the book i'm free ball i'm free balling okay. right now right i have i have some notes but he wandered across this land across the dirt paths across many people across many taverns across many places of worship And people began to talk about this guy who was going around proclaiming himself the king king of the common folk. The one who was able to see true, who was able to see what life was really Mm. about, you know. And so one day, as he was wandering, continuing his long and eventful journey, he came across an exile, a man who uh, had been banished from his land. And he met this exile. And the two began to have a conversation, and the exile saw this strange man, someone who was nothing like the people back in his homeland where he'd come from. And this beggar king intrigued him. And the man, the exile, and the beggar king, they talked. And as they were preparing to part ways, they said, the beggar king said to the exile, come, come with me. Like, let's Mm -hmm. go, uh, let's go if you got nowhere else to go. And the exile, not knowing really where to go, was like, I have nothing better to do, and followed him. So as they continued to talk and walk, 
the beggar king took the exile through his foreign land, through this land of unique, strange people who were filled with, obviously, the aforementioned cruelty and treachery, but also great love and compassion towards mm-hmm. other people. And as they continued to walk, people around them, those who knew the beggar king, who had seen him as the beggar king, saw him walking with this new person, this exile, this person who didn't really belong in their land. And uh, and and they started talking. And the exile, seeing words of truth being spoken from this man proclaiming himself the beggar king, talked to the people around and asked what they thought of this man. And for the most part, they said he is a good-intentioned man. He is a he is a well-intentioned, well-intentioned man. You know, some said he was extraordinarily wise. Some said he was, you know, well-intentioned but talking out of his ass. <laughs> and so it it so happened that the exile king, the exile, <laughs> the beggar king, and the exile. I'm like, yeah, keep going. Together. The exile decided to stay with the beggar king as he as he worked his, his toils, his labors, continued the work with his hands through the fields, across the plains, still talking, talking to everyone who crossed his path, continuing to talk to the exile, telling him things, teaching him things. And the two continued. The exile realized that he was seeing something that he could have never envisioned seeing before. Something more than just traveling through a land is actually learning who the inhabitants of that land are, what they stand for. And he believed, he came to believe in what this beggar king had to prophesy as he went around preaching the good news he believed to be true. And the exile saw great potential because in his homeland, what this man appeared to be saying was a message that his own people seemed to have difficulty hearing. And so he thought there is great possibility here, not just for this beggar king and those that he considered his people, but perhaps for the exile's people back in his own homeland. And so the exile decided that he would work to see what he could do to lift up this beggar king beyond simply a beggar to something of royalty and nobility itself. And so he made that a mission with the expectation that great things could come out of a partnership between those that had nothing to their name, those that ultimately came from nothing but had the potential to do incredible things if given the right opportunity. And the exile looked at this and he hoped it was the right opportunity. The beggar king continued unaware, but accepting that, as he prophesied, he would eventually reach the level of royalty and prestige that he knew he deserved. 
And so the exile and the beggar king continued to work. And slowly, over time, almost imperceptibly, the tattered robes of the beggar king started to get changed out. He was suddenly garbed in just a little nicer garb that the exile thought would look good on him. So he picked it up and said, try this out. And people around him looked at the beggar king and says, hey, you don't look so much like a beggar king anymore. You're starting to look like something real. And the words that you're saying are true. And what this exile who is a foreigner in our land, like we don't trust him, we don't really know him, but he seems to trust you. And that is something that we haven't seen before. And so maybe we deserve to listen to you. Maybe we deserve to give you a little more credit. And the finery continued to grow to the point where the beggar king almost felt himself nobility, though he was nowhere near nobility. He was still just a guy, a little nicer clothes, a little more respect from the people around him. And the exile saw this, and he saw it is good. But the beggar king, at this point having seen already just a little bit of the greatness that was possible, that it couldn't, it didn't just have to be regular clothes. It could be great finery, jewels, a crown, rings that those who worshipped could kiss, get down on their knees and worship. He saw all of this as a possibility for him, but it was only because he deserved it. And when the exile approached him and sought to understand what, what the hopes were of this man who was once the beggar king, the beggar king responded, it's greatness. My path is glory. And the exile said, that's wonderful, but... Where is my path? Where does my path end? The beggar king responded, I don't know, but it certainly does not lie with me. And so the exile, hearing this for the first time, his fears of betrayal in a way that he had not seen since long ago in his own homeland that he'd had to leave many, many years ago. He felt the sting as the beggar king moved on his way happily, unaware. And the exile stood there. And he asked himself, I am at that path as I watch this man who I'd met by chance crossing paths long ago. Do I continue to follow down a path that I know will lead towards nothing good? That which has been revealed to be a false promise, the energy and dedication spent not towards good, but at best towards a dead end. Or do I choose a different path? Do I accept the losses 
and my mistakes and move on. And so that's where I am in the story. <laughs> Man. What will happen to the beggar king? What will happen to the exile? I don't know, man. It's man. just I'm just spitballing. Literally, like you can testify. I wasn't like reading any notes or anything, no. which is part of the reason why I was going so slow. Because yeah. I'm literally trying to come up with the story as I'm speaking right now. Yeah, like, it's cool. Just an idea. Just a concept. Based on inspired by true events. <laughs> that man, that is I really there, enjoyed there, the tone of that. There, there was there was a little uh, little little backstabby stabby going yeah. on, but I I didn't the really know king. how to include that. Yeah, <laughs> the exile backstabby stabby. Well, the, the while you were telling the story, I pictured myself memorizing this tale and and uh, putting my future kids to sleep, <laughs> and then having one of them ask, "Daddy, what?" What happens next to the beggar king? And then that, save that for the next night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A two-parter. Yeah. Yep. That is pretty funny. Yeah. That is... Well, so, Karma's yeah, a bitch. That was, that was a Garb's a bitch. Yeah, sound check, sound check. The beggar king. Garbs of finery with jewels that people can kiss and worship. But really, I mean, if you think about it, we all we all sort of fit into the that category of both exile and beggar king. I mean, I think we it goes back to the idea that none of us think that we're bad people. Not right. not even the worst of us. None of us think that we're bad people. And I mean, we ha- we all have egos too. We all sort of have our blind spots and um people look up to us. It, it, we may not be able to see it, but I think everyone has somebody who sort of at least it has some sort of admiration towards yeah. another individual. At the very least, I admire you, Victor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's yours. So, I mean, but I'm, but I'm saying that you can have people who sort of um, admire you and, and want to be able to like lift you up and stuff like that, and you're not, you don't even realize it, and you sort of squander goodwill. And other people can sort of make assumptions about relationships. Mutual mutuality and relationships and stuff like that and making sure people are on the same page and then suddenly you come to that realization like, oh, like this person I don't think think alike kind of thing, right? We all have those moments. So I feel like we can all place ourselves in one yeah. shoe or another. But the question is, you know, what do you do if you're the beggar king? What do you do if you're the exile? Like, you know? Yeah, it's like when I was in the car ride over Twists and turns. That's why life is so much fun. Twists and turns. You know, that's it's what makes life interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of the um, subject I was subjects I was reading in the book today while I was waiting two hours for this audition. Um, they were talking about uh, well, one chapter was cause and effect. The other chapter I can't recall, but the other one I read like three or four chapters. And one of them was talking about coincidences and how coincidences do not exist. They are just, they are, it is your higher self trying to send a message to your material body and your ego, you know, if you look at the the correct way. Sure. Why not? Um, For example, me being fairly aggressive driver, a few close calls. That's my higher self trying to tell me, Victor, take it easy. There's no need to rush. 
but if you don't acknowledge, I mean, okay. Yes. So okay. I see what God, you're saying. God, I think, yes. God's speaking to you, whether yes. you see an action of something or you read something on a billboard. If you say, if you're thinking of something and you're uncertain, then you see a Nike billboard that says, just do it. Oh my goodness. That's a sign telling me to just have faith and go for it. Well, no, it's just a, it's just a billboard. Duh. So you can either choose to just ignore something or if there's something that presents itself to you while you have something on your mind or you or you can, you know, somehow take that and assign it some meaning, some type of meaning, then to just go ahead and do that. That's what I'm Yes, to. yes. And I think that I think that there is a, a careful line that you have to walk when doing that because I think that on you can kind of go overboard when with the whole believing certain coincidences and and the level of certainty that you have in those coincidences like take on yes you i think you describe the positive aspect of that but the negative aspect is i i think of individuals who are like i know some black people they're not they're not nice black people and so all black people are bad kind of that that kind of thought process where does that make sense no what does it have to do with signs and coincidences i'm saying that certainty in signs or coincidences never lead to a good there always has to be room for like okay maybe it just was a coincidence maybe it right was, like maybe it was well because i feel like we we very rarely see signs so to speak for me i i can probably only count on one hand the amount of times that i've actually been able to identify a sign from god in my instance mm-hmm. it, over the course of my entire life you know, it's very, very rare that I can I actually be relatively certain, uh, about as certain as I could be, that there's a sign from God. Less than five times. Okay. For sure. So so the frequency, I think, is some people, it's like, every day I wake up, I pour my coffee, I see Jesus in my coffee. Like, it's going to yeah, be a great day. Like, I, I see a sign in everything. Like, yeah. I see a sign. You know, the mailman, like, didn't hit me. <laughs> like, I, it's, it's a sign. Yeah. That I'm gonna do. You can't exactly be... I mean, because you you'll find what you're looking for. You can't go about it like looking. It's in like hopes a rationalization of, this of like. Yes, are but we following? it's more so like if you're just going about whatever your path is, and then along that path you're thinking of something, and then something comes along that intersects with your mind, rather than being on the hunt for something that science meaning. I think the way that i would i would describe a sign is you're you're thinking about something you're trying to make a decision or whatever and you're kind of leaning towards a thing like you're leaning towards a decision you're leaning towards a whatever and then suddenly something happens that you go nope i i've been thinking carefully and it seems like i'm going to do this i've contemplated both sides and then suddenly you encounter something that just totally changes like nope I I didn't realize this one aspect that totally changes everything. What I feel like being, that's what that's about, a sign. What about being on the fence about something, and then as you're thinking, you're on the fence, and then you see something that that has you teeter one way or the other. I'd I'd be careful because it's very rare that we teeter. We we do not teeter for for very long, in my opinion. Or what about something where you say to yourself, "I think I'm going to be. I think I'm going to." go this route i'm uncertain but i'm leaning towards this and then you see something that completely just boom reinforces that and you think oh of course i don't know why i'm kind of leaning towards this this is obvious the right way i should go i would be more skeptical of that 
because we tend to be we tend to reinforce our own perceptions okay. unco- subconsciously and so if we're leaning away then we are more likely to be aware of things that are confirming that particular train of thought because we're looking for justifications right yeah. if we're leaning for a way we want to feel more comfortable making that decision and so we want to accept information that's going to comfort us and say yes we make the right decision and ignore that information that's going to unsettle us and make us less comfortable so we sort of like there's that acceleration that's why i say we're not on the fence very often because we don't like that uncertainty and so we start accumulating information information and then it's the the parabola graph or whatever where it goes up where certainty comes very very quickly because we just we start seeing more and more and more and more and more and then we just we're just like yep we're certain like all we see now is that we're making the right choice interesting yeah very interesting that's why it's very valuable to have pro con lists because it keeps it keeps it on the paper because in our minds things change we push the negative out and seek reinforcement that we made the right choice and so if you have the list down there with pros and cons of both decisions, whatever you're trying to decide upon, you can be like, okay, you can set it aside, you can come back and have everything still there and be like reassess with fresh eyes. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Maybe that is more important. Maybe maybe the con is more important than the pro. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I didn't actually think of something or whatever. Got it. But if we're just doing it in our heads... We're going to trick ourselves every time, and it's going to lead to a lot of bad decisions. But could a sign, you're saying, does it always have to carry so much weight, or can it be mild? For example, let's say you are at some place, you know, or again, signs and coincidences. You're at some restaurant or whatever, and you're there, and someone walks in who you haven't seen since grade school, and... You might think, oh, it's a coincidence. I see. I this person walks in, who I used to be good friends with. I haven't seen them for. I've been out of touch with them for twenty years. You know, that might be a sign, quote unquote, to go, to go over and say hello. Now, it's not exactly something that is like this huge monumental event, but it is something that you take notice to and should maybe act on. Yeah, and I think. I mean. I don't want to get too particular or whatever, but I see that more as an opening. Like, God provides a billion openings a day, oh, like okay. infinite number of openings a day. And so there's a difference between signs okay. where where openings are passive, right? Like, we, we, uh, we experience something and we have a chance to move ourselves and do one thing or another. Whereas signs is, like, we, our direction is changed or whatever. I understand what you're saying. Is that it's more God intervenes versus uh, we sort of accept God's infinite possibilities. An opening versus an intervention. Yes. Yes. Very interesting. And that's how, yeah, because I look at the points in life where I felt the most certain of God's existence. uh, And certainty is not something that I feel very often, honestly. (laughs) Like absolute certainty. Um, like that I could almost feel a relationship with God. I mean, very few times, but there were, there were moments where, uh, either I came to a realization that a prayer was answered in such a direct and obvious way that I can't believe that I couldn't have like foreseen this in my, like pleading to God, like, please Mm -hmm. answer my prayer. And then it's not until a couple of weeks that I was like, Oh my God. My prayer was actually fully answered in that period of time. Uh, 
And then other times where it's just my eyes are opened to something that I totally didn't, never saw before. Did, uh, looking back, when you get a, a sign, did you ever look back and realize, oh my goodness, I was given so many signs regarding this aspect, but for whatever reason, I just couldn't see it until the, until this time now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm experiencing a little of that right now. Yeah. Um, I think that, and that's why I'm kind of at peace with sort of whatever happens. I'm, I have learned a little more how to just accept the randomness that is life. I'm not really too, um, there's very little that shakes me when it comes to life experiences. And that actually, you know what? I got, after we finish this conversation, I got something to add on, but it it would totally disrupt the train that we're on right now. But you want to write it down so we can think about it? Oh no, this is, this is, uh, Oh, on the car ride home. No, no, no. We'll talk. We we can can talk about it on the show. podcast. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know where, where we were, where are we? Neither do I. That's why I was. Oh, okay. Well, so we can talk about that. So the, this is kind of, this is unrelated to what we were talking about. Whatever it is. Okay. <laughs> That's why this is called stream of thought. Because exactly. Because stuff like just pops up. like the ebbs and flows of life, now we're taking a turn and this conversation we've been having for the last 10 minutes is completely over. Now we're talking about something new. Okay, go. <laughs> Are you cool with that? I'm fine. Okay. I'm just, we're going with the flow. Because I actually have a very interesting question to ask. If, <laughs> if you discovered, um... If you if you discovered that a friend or someone who you considered a friend over the course of your life, like this is conceptual, this is theoretical. Right? Okay, just yet yeah, spit it out. If you discovered that uh, a friend was a murderer, had killed someone, okay, and showed no remorse for it in their past, okay, what? just one time. <laughs> that was probably the I could, that was the greatest response that I could have possibly expected. That, oh was, an, that was an honest that question. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so like just one time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was gonna say, well, yeah, but I don't know. I would assume so. I mean, it's and it's not like a blatant admission, but it's uh, like I, I'm not saying I didn't. Like, I mean, it was, I'm like, just literally, like, well, is it just one well, time? Well, okay. I'm trying to figure out, like, what are the circumstances? Like, was it just one time, or is this someone like Dexter who's like totally normal on on you know one side of himself, and then the other, he's like a this killer that no, kills people. Like, no, this is the kind of person who uh, you could see a side of them that you may disappear in the woods if you go hunting with them and you're not on good terms. But I thought they were my friend. Is this yeah. someone who they, they killed someone like in the past and then they met you? Or they yeah. killed someone while they knew you? <laughs> Does it matter? I don't know. Does it matter? Okay. If you found out that somebody, if you found out that I, if I had killed someone, if you found out that I had killed Danny Thompson. <laughs> Gosh. So what's your question? What exactly? would your reaction be? Hey, I understand. You've probably been going through a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
was probably <laughs> just one time. Yeah, so. just, you know, like I'm not going to say anything to anybody. So there's no reason to think that I'm a threat. I'm just, I'm here for you. I'm you here need, for you. It's you not need like, any, they like just murdered someone. You need coffee. Or like you need to get you some tea. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, if they're if if they if they th- theoretically say, yeah, murder is the easiest crime to get away with. So <laughs> here's what here's what's really interesting about that. I'm gonna get a little meta. Please you. do. I would love that. I'm I'm first going to establish that people identify themselves and other people as this one thing when we are a multitude of things so the i the role that i play as victor the brother is different than victor the son that's victor different than victor the friend that's different than victor the the actor that's different (laughs) than victor the murderer that's different than you know victor the whoever Right, so we all we behave according to whatever it is that according to whatever our role is in that moment in time, right? Like like Dexter, for example. I'm gonna okay, and then I'm gonna come back around. If you're unfamiliar with the show Dexter, he's a serial killer, loving father and husband, great uh, great detective. Tends to kill people sometimes, though. <laughs> sometimes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has his rituals of how, of how they die and keeping the blood. And, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, you might tell yourself, like, this guy's sick, mentally ill. But he is living his own truth. He is living in his own reality. So like you said earlier... People who even people who are perceived to be as bad don't see themselves as the bad guy. So maybe someone who killed someone once or killed killed multiple people, in their brain, they're thinking this was justified somehow. In their realm, in their world. Of course they're thinking it's justified. This was yeah. justified. Yeah. Right? Of to course. everybody else, it wasn't. Um, and what was your exact question again? Do I think that there? What would I do? What would my reaction be? Yeah. Well, I mean, I. Uh, I'd be see, one. Shit, it wasn't me. I made a, that's a win. See, Number two. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> In regards to the justification thing, that I feel like where I draw the line are the things that individuals do that completely alter another person's life, and probably more specifically like ending a life. That's probably my biggest um, line that I have difficulty overcoming is if you take the life of another human being, um, can I be friends with you? Like, cause for me, life is the most sacred thing there is. And if you take a life, I mean, that's kind of, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm a pretty loving and accepting The Walking people. Dead does a pretty good like, job of that and it's with not Morgan like, and, uh, and... And listen, listen. It's not like I wouldn't um, love them unconditionally. I think that regardless of what they've done, they deserve unconditional love. But I don't think I can consider myself a friend of somebody who took the life of another person. I mean, I... 
that would be really difficult for me to do. I wouldn't. I don't judge them for that, but I just can't embrace that is in in the way that I want that person in play, any part let me play of my devil's personal advocate. Life. Let's say they killed someone and they are now a different person, right? Than they were, say, this happened ten years ago or mm-hmm. twenty years ago, right? Are you not taught to love and forgive the sins of others? Absolutely. Which is, I am more than happy to. I and I will dine with them, and I will, uh, and I will pre, you know, pray with them, and I will uh, listen to them without judgment. I shall take their confession. Like I am, I'm but more you than happy exactly to do that. Let them in your home. But no, I would. Well, I mean, in a in a theoretical sense, let them let. Well, you know what? Let them in my home. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean... Because it sounds like that's what friends do. Yeah. No. And, uh... <laughs> I don't... I don't know if I could let... No. I I don't think I could let someone like that in my home. I think it's important to... Because my initial, immediate reaction in all seriousness would be to make an attempt to understand why that happened. Whether it was an accident or whether it was deliberate, right? Mm-hmm. Try and understand why it is that action took place. Say it's deliberate. Okay. So it's and not altruistic. Okay. That it was basically it was a senseless act of violence that was perpetrated by a person who didn't really care. Now, what he did. now is this 20 years later and they're sorry for what they did and they never told anyone and just to get it off their chest they had to tell you no i mean in it in it i, the, I don't think that it? i don't think the time necessarily the time lapse necessarily matters but it's said in, in a way that's offhanded and casual in a way that you can you can clearly tell that hey so uh before we get our fourth martinis for the day i just want to let you know i uh whacked a guy uh, whacked a guy week. exactly yeah yeah, something like that. I mean, it depends. You just need to use literally your best something judgment. like that. Actually, you need to use your best judgment because let's say, for example, there you run across someone. Yeah, who's, but who's, I'm saying, say, what is your judgment? I'm not. I'm not asking for your advice. I'm saying, like, what would you do? I mean, I've sort of figured this out in my own head, but I'm asking in in what what is your judge? What is your best attempt, judgment? I would make an attempt to understand and try and be someone that they can lean on if they're trying to figure out oh wait this is going back to their this is just casual i killed someone and they're what if what if what if uh, what if our friend the mysterious nobatang admitted to you that he murdered someone okay 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 what would your uh, he's like guys i got something to tell you that's tricky because your history with someone is just so ingrained and then all of a sudden be for that to be thrown in he's like we got in a fight I'd still be there. Like, I'd be like, bro, I'm still here for you. Actually, for Neil, probably. If it's a complete... Because it, it depends. Yeah, There's so many yeah. variables. Say, There's so many variables. Say... How about this? Say it was Jeff Isinger. Old Jeff Isinger. Like high school Jeff Isinger. Jeff Isinger <laughs> killed somebody? Yeah. It's still, I mean, friend, if you're friends with the person, like I... Define friend, like how how many years they're known, or how much quality time you have with someone. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm putting so many people on blast right now. This is so fun. Uh, Way too many variables. I'll say this. (laughs) Yes. It it all. It just depends on the situation and your personal life as well. Because 
I would be a little more weary if I had, like, a family and kids and if I was single. What if you discovered that I was living a double life and I actually was... Like you have another family. Like someone's got two families like, and they don't know yeah, Exactly, yeah. What if I was living another life and really I was, like, moonlighting as a, I don't know... Stripper. Like, <laughs> I was thinking something a little more noble than a stripper, but okay, sure, why not? It's just... Yeah. What, what, what would happen if you walk into a to a to strip club and you I saw mean, me there? Huh? It just goes to show you that, again, people don't have a single identity. So <laughs> I might know someone as they present themselves to me, but that doesn't mean that that identity is greater, lesser than another identity that they – another See, role that they play. Yeah, yeah. But I think there there needs to be an element of consistency among all the identities. Yes. You know, your your essential spirit, you know, regardless of whether you're a parent or a sibling or an employee or, like, whatever. Like, your core being, like, who you are at your heart, like, that should be consistent across all fields. And I feel like but a lot of people not, don't. Especially with people who have – what's the uh, – uh, what's the uh, – what is it? Well, have people who have multiple personalities – Sure, I guess. You ever see the movie? Uh, That's not where I was going, but okay. Shit, what's it called? Uh, it's the movie with. Oh man, it's that one movie. You know that movie. <laughs> the movie, yeah. The directed by M Night Shyamalan. It came out like yeah, last year. The uh, oh my god, it's this that is movie. really it's it's the, the movie. movie. Yeah, <laughs> the movie. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's really going to bother me now. I know. Fucking A. Split. Split. Thank yes. you. Thank yes. you. That was really going to irritate yeah, me. Split. Anyway, uh, yes, that's not where I was going at all, but sure. Yeah. No, but I'm like, do you know what I'm saying though? Yes. Is like, you're an employee. You should be, you should act generally the same way your interactions with people and the way yes. that you like understand other people. Yes. That should generally be the same, whether with your there or with your family or with your church or like whatever, you should generally be treating people in the same sort of equal way. Mm. I feel like most people, I don't know. I don't want to say most people, but I feel like a lot of people, especially when I was in jail, the people who I met there were very, even the ones who weren't, supposed to be in there, supposed to be in there, like DUIs or whatever, were like, you need to have different personalities in different locations. And I'm like, that's so not what life is about. Life is about being the most whole human being that you can. Like, you know, and good things beget good things and bad things beget bad things. I agree. I love getting, I love talking about metaphysical stuff. That is an interesting thing to ponder. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the end of the day, if you or Neil told me you killed someone, I'd be like, all right, well, let's figure out how to fix this. Let's, I mean, I see you. Let's, you go, only ba- get let's go bury so the body. Yeah, let's you can go. only get fixed so much. All right. But yeah, do you have anything else? Can you help me bury the body after this? Absolutely.